Chapter Two of the Covered Wagon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tech Savvy. The Covered Wagon by Immersion U. Chapter Two. The Edge of the World. More than two thousand men, women, and children waited on the Missouri for the green fully to tinge the grasses of the prairies farther west. The waning town of Independence had quadrupled its population in thirty days. Boats discharged their customary western cargo at the newer landing on the river not far from that town. But it all was not enough. Men of Upper Missouri and Lower Iowa had driven in herds of oxen, horses, mules. But there were not enough of these. Rumors came that a hundred wagons would take the palette this year via the council bluffs, higher up the Missouri. Others would join on from St. Joe and Leavenworth. March had come when the wild turkey gobbled and strutted resplendent in the forest lands. April had passed and the wild fowl had gone north. May and the upland flowers were now nesting all across the prairies. But daily had more wagons come and neighbors had waited for the neighbors. Tardy at the great rendezvous the encampment scattered up and down the river front and become more and more congested men began to know one another families became acquainted the gradual sifting and shifting in social values began knots and groups began to talk to, of some sort of accepted government for the common good they now were at the edge of the law organized society did not exist this side of the provisional government of oregon devised as a modus vivendi during the joint occupancy of that vast region with great britain an arrangement terminated not longer than two years before there must be some sort of law and leadership between the missouri and the columbia amid much bickering of petty politics jesse wingate had some four days ago been chosen for the thankless task of train captain though that office had small authority and less means of enforcing its commands nonetheless the train leader must be a man of courage resource and decision those of the earlier arrivals who passed by his well-organized camp of forty odd wagons from the sangamon country of illinois said that the wingate seemed to know the business of the trail his affairs ran smoothly he was well equipped and seemed a man of means some said he had three thousand in gold at the bottom of his cargo moreover and his appeared important among the northern element at that time predominant in the rendezvous he was not a calhoun skeesh or even a benton democrat but an out-and-out anti-slavery free soil man and the provisional constitution of oregon devised by thinking men of two great nations had said that oregon should be free soil forever already there were mutterings in eighteen forty eight of the coming conflict which a certain lank young lawyer of springfield in the sangamon country lincoln his name was two years ago among his personal friends had predicted as inevitable in a personnel made up of bold souls from both sides the ohio politics could not be avoided even on the trail nor were these men the sort to avoid politics sometimes at their camp fire after the caravan election wingate and his wife their son jed would compare notes in a day when personal politics and national geography meant more than they do today listen son wingate one time concluded all that talk of a railroad across this country to oregon is silly of course but it's all going to be one country 
the talk is that the treaty with mexico must give us a slice of land from texas to the pacific and a big one all of it was taken for the sake of slavery not so oregon that's free forever this talk of splitting this country north and south don't go with me the Alleghenies didn't divide it burr couldn't divide it the mississippi hasn't divided it or the missouri so rest assured the ohio can't no nor the rockies can't a railroad no of course not but all the same a practical wagon road from free soil to free soil i reckon that that was my platform like enough it made me captain no it wasn't jesse said his wife that ain't what put you in for train captain it was your blame impatience some of them lower low iowa man them that first nominated you in the train meeting town meeting what you call it they seen where you'd be ploughing along here just to keep your hand in one of them says to me ploughing eh can't wait well that's what you're going out for ain't it to plough says he that's the clean quill says he so they elected you jesse and the lord have mercy on your soul now the arrival of so large a new contingent as this of the liberty train under young banion made some sort of post-election ratification necessary so that wingate felt it incumbent to call the headman of the late comers into consultation if for no better than reasons of courtesy he dispatched his son jed to the banyan park to ask the attendance of banyan woodhull and such of his associates as he liked to bring at any suiting hour word came back that the liberty men would join the wingate conference around eleven of that morning at which time the hour of the jump-off could be set End of chapter two